Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Yes, we're here. It's Sunday. Another beautiful Sunday. And we have the lovely Shira back here on Phones Music. Give her a call, 602-277-5827. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow, why to grow it. What a beautiful day it is here in Sunny Slope. I mean, it's absolutely knockout dead gorgeous. If you haven't been outside this morning, it's perfect. And uh, only headed for a little warm this afternoon, and that's perfect for our trees to keep growing as well. Anyway, whatever your dreams are running into fall, and uh, it's a little early to plant geraniums, but it's a great time to plant trees like citrus trees, desert trees, and palms. It's, uh, you know, really just the beginning of this change in weather has been nice. And, you know, we heard the last report there with Troy about setting all these records and the driest drought ever here in the valley. But, you know, it's about as much water as we carried through the reservoirs this time of year in a long time. So there's always a sunny side because we did get the rain earlier in the year and perhaps we'll get some more, you know, this winter. But um, it's a beautiful time to be here in the valley. And, uh, you know, if you took and you average June together with um, July, we probably have the average temperatures. It was so nice in June. It looks like we're settling down this fall to some very nice weather as well. Anyway, if you have a dream, a passion of something to grow, if you have an idea of a way to fix our problems we're having growing things, or just a solution or something fun you're growing different at home, we'd love to hear from you. This is a listener participation type program. I'm the host. Shira's here on the music and answering the phones, and we have Troy with the news, but it's up to you to give us a call and tell us what you want to talk about. We can grow all kinds of things here. We are in a subtropical climate that... um, we grow tropical plants, we grow desert plants, and all different kinds of fun things. Wonderful food here in the wintertime. Probably the best region in the whole United States to grow vegetables in the wintertime uh, because of our mild temperatures and drier, drier climate makes it pretty easy. So whatever your dreams, whatever your passions, give us a call. We start off with pretty open phones. We end up the end of the hours with uh, a little more difficult to get in. So if you've never called, don't be shy. If you've called off and call back, but whatever you do, give Shira a call. <laughs> we'll take Randy and Tempe, our first caller of the morning. After Randy, folks, it's wide open. Good morning, Randy. Hey, good morning. I have a four-year-old pistachios in the front, and I noticed when I was watering it yesterday, the bottom limbs um, are starting, the bark's starting to dry out a little bit, and the bark is kind of turning black. I also noticed what you'd call pitch, I guess, or tar that is kind of oozing from around the top of the tree where those where the bark's turning dark colored is that it's probably a sign. Yes, or? it is, Randy. It's probably a sign that you have a fungal infection. And um, truthfully, with pistachios, they seem to be more drought tolerant here, even than mesquites and ironwoods. They really are a tree that doesn't like to stay wet, and they can have fungus and different issues. So, what I would do is I would treat it right away. There's a product called Monterey Disease Control. You should be able to yep. buy it at most nurseries and garden centers, and it works two ways. You can spray it on the foliage, so it systemically can go into the you know through the foliage, and also mix it with water and, and put it on the soil and then you really want to check your watering cycle and for this time of year how you say a four-year-old tree so watering about once every two weeks is more than enough yeah i'm not even i'm not even watering it every two weeks maybe every three or four weeks okay 
Well, I would, you know, I would say in most right. soils, you know, probably every two weeks is good as long as it's 100. And when it gets cooler, you know, in the wintertime, it needs almost no water. But I would treat it right away because when you see signs of things happening like that, either oozing sap or, you know, or, or bark peeling and things, it's usually a sign of a fungus. So spray the area that's infected as well as all the foliage. Well, and it's not going to go in through the wood as it will through the foliage and through the root system. Okay, that's the, okay. the wood can't really take things in as well, but it wouldn't hurt to All spray right. them, you know, and if you have anything peeling off, you could certainly spray it. And if you wanted to mix some copper in at the same time, you could take some copper sulfate and mix it around the soil. And actually the two can work together. So the copper is not toxic to the bacteria and the, and the other, you know, products so they can work together too. How, how much would you put on a tree like that? Well, on, on copper, you could probably, it, how big is the diameter, like five or six inches? Oh, no, it's bigger than that. Maybe the diameter is probably 10 inches. Okay. So you'd probably put on a couple pounds of copper underneath the drip line of the tree and wash it in. Okay. And then I'd probably put on about a pint or, you know, you can put a whole pint if you want to on between the foliage and the ground with the uh, Monterey disease control. All right. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, well, it leaves us with wide open phones, folks. Don't be shy. Give Shira a call. We can talk about whatever it is you want to grow. And, you know, this time of year, there is plenty to talk about. We have plants that suffered this summer from the heat. We have fall coming. It's the perfect time to plant things. And uh, we've got the citrus season coming up. And uh, we're going to enjoy our citrus harvest here before you know it. You know, some of the lemons are being picked commercially already. Though, if you want one from your own yard, you can certainly use it now. They'll get better as time goes on. Best place to store all of our citrus is on the trees. And the fall is a great time to plant our deciduous trees. But now, while we have the heat, if you want to put in palm trees, citrus, or desert trees, take advantage of the fact that it's 100 degrees, you know, in the mid-70s in the morning. This is truly, for most plants, the perfect growing season. And if you haven't fertilized, this is a great time to feed Pretty much all plants, everything from our desert trees to give them the last shot to uh, all of our shrubs. It's a good time to feed. It's also uh, perfect to refeed citrus. If you, even if you fed them back in September, they're young trees, I'd feed them again now. And it's a good time to do a little moderate pruning. You know, these wonderful plants here called roses, which we grow the biggest percentage of the whole country bare root here in the fields, um, do well pruned back right now. If you'll prune them back by about a third and feed them, uh, you'll have wonderful buds and blooms here by the end of October. So now is a great time to be real proactive on our roses. Another plant we want to talk about that's kind of special here in Arizona, especially in our low deserts, are bougainvilleas. And bougainvilleas, uh, you know, some of us love them, others hate them, but they're probably more beautiful here than almost any place where they grow. And it has a lot to do with our dry climate. But our bougainvillea bloom cycle here in the wintertime is uh, pretty uncanny, some of the best in the whole country. But if you want to prune them, we don't want to be pruning them much after, you know, the 1st of October. So if you're going to prune back your bougainvilleas, especially if you're doing doing any major pruning on them, you really want to do it right now. And the reason why is that way they've got another six weeks to grow, put new bracts on, and that color can last all the way through February. So if you're going to prune broken vias, uh, don't wait, do it right away. And then don't prune them again. You know, the, the pruning them again and following up is only going to hurt the color we're going to have this winter. So prune those now and uh, and let them be, and they'll be a lot happier. But we still have some lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Mark and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hope you're having a good day. 
Well, I am. You know, I, just, I had. I'll tell you what. I watched both football games last night, the U of A and ASU, and I couldn't be more proud of ASU. You know, I'm I'm a Wildcat, but I did go to ASU a while, and it was, I was once a bear over at uh, you know the lovely place called Phoenix College, or the kids like to call oh, it yeah. FK. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I was very proud of the Sun Devils. Yeah, I didn't see any of it, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm also a U of A alum. I got a I got a star jasmine bush in my backyard that bloomed beautifully about three weeks ago. It looks like it's done. Will it bloom anymore? Or should I cut it back? Well, here's the thing: if you want it to bloom, it, it'll, it'll yes, it will come back into bloom. And they've been blooming pretty well all summer, and you know they had a rough time with the heat, you know, especially in July. But if you want it to fill in, you know, again, you should, you should probably prune it right away. And um, by pruning it now, if you're going to do any pruning, it's got about six weeks to grow, and then it's going to be pretty dormant and stop growing for the, the season. It can come back and bloom again, you know, in the fall here pretty easily. This is pretty happy weather for them. Okay, but it's um, all these spent blooms I'll remove mm-hmm. and then uh, trim it back like a third or so, as you typically recommend. Yeah, and just not far enough to expose the wood to the sun. Um, right. But, you know, this right. time of year, you probably could even do that and not hurt it. So if you want to prune it and you want it to look nice for the whole long season through the winter, now is the perfect time to prune. Great. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Take care. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Naja and Chandler, good morning. Hey, Brian. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Happy Sunday to you. To you as well. Um, listen, we have some ficus in the backyard. They are they're huge, right? We've had them for 20 years, and this summer they've got sunburn. Um, and are they going to come back, or should we have those pruned off? Well, the you know that you can you're really going to see over the next couple of weeks what's going to come back and what's not going to come back. And uh, okay. I, I don't know if you ever fertilize them or not, but if you want them to come back faster, now is not a bad time to fertilize. What you want to be okay. mindful of and look for is sooty canker, and that's bark peeling with the black powder underneath it. And a lot mm-hmm. of the ficus do have that this time of year. You'd want to prune that out, but you'd also want to make sure you clean your pruning tools between cuts, not to spread it further into the tree. And uh, okay. if you do see that, that's when you would treat it with a product like the Monterey Disease Control to help arrest the fungus. Okay, that, causes that you were cancer. talking with the other guy about. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see any of that um, powder and or anything. I think that, and I can't prune it myself. I'm going to need uh, our guy to come and do that because the limbs are huge. So, so, so yeah, what, I, just what I would do is just let them bud out for the next two or three weeks. And if you haven't ever fed them, okay. just feed them right now. A light dose of fertilizer will encourage a tremendous amount of growth. This is perfect growing weather for them. And perfect. so they okay. should pop their buds and then prune away. All right. Great. Thanks so much, Brian. Have Thank a great you. day. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Kevin and Mesa. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Brian. Quick question for you. Bougainvilleas, you guys talk about them a lot. You obviously down in Mexico, beautiful, deep, rich, purple bougainvilleas. Why do you not see those in the valley? And can you buy them here anywhere? Well, we certainly sell purple bougainvilleas here, and we always have. Uh, but the purple bougainvillea is a Brazilianensis variety, and it's just okay. not quite as hardy with our soil as the other colors are. So it's okay, not that so there's not, not it's not for a lack of effort, Kevin. Uh, there's plenty yeah. planted, and it's not what we do have purple bougainvilleas, and, and uh, they do okay. The new varieties are better than the old Brazilianensis were, and so it's really going to be a better plant now than if you had planted them ten years ago. But uh, okay, still, the purple is just not as hardy. 
Right, exactly. Okay, but do they have any small ones? I mean, because, you know, obviously 99% of the ones here are red and they just take off everywhere. Oh, yes, there are dwarf dwarf ones, and there's several different dwarf ones. And uh, you'll see them grown more, you know, mainly as a bush type. But, um, yeah, there's several bush varieties that can stay much smaller. And they will grow here. That sun grow grow very well here. You know, and some of the smaller ones you can keep to a height of around two to three feet. Awesome. Well, that's what I'm looking for. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. All you have to do is give her a call, and you could be up after Elaine and Fred on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from seven to nine a.m. on ninety-two point three FM KTAR. You can take all the tea in China Put it in a big brown bag for me Sail right round all the seven oceans Drop it straight into the deep blue sea Well, welcome back, folks. A beautiful Sunday morning. We do have a couple lines still available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Elaine, oh no, first we have Fred, then Elaine. Hello, Fred. Uh, good morning, Brian. Um, I have a um, purple plum tree. It's been in the ground for about 17 years, and the trunk, because of the heat this summer, the trunk, uh, the, the bark on the trunk is going to look pretty bad, pretty peeled. I bought some uh, paint so the for, so the varmints wouldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I, what do you suggest? Is that a good method, or is it better to get some kind of a? Well, Fred, uh, here's the, here's the hard part: is that you know, it's 17 years is about as long as they live. And uh, we lost a big one at our house this summer that uh, had been there about the same amount of time. But what, where the bark is dying on it, you need to look and see if it's been attacked by boars. So if it has any little holes in the bark in there, um, and that's pretty common, especially when they were in stress this summer. Uh, those little boars are flat-headed boars, and they go in and eat the cambium layer, eat the wood kind of around the tree and kind of really strangle it, basically, in effect. So if you see the boars in there, what you want to do is you want to treat it with a systemic insecticide. And bear makes lots of them, but the active ingredient is going to be in And... Um, so you put this systemic insecticide, you could put it on the foliage and on the soil. It'll go back into the tree trunk and makes it toxic to the insects. Um, how does the foliage look? Foliage looks good. It's uh, Yeah, it looks really good. I fertilize it three times a year like you do with the fruit trees. And, yeah, the foliage looks really good. And uh, it's still on, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. eventually it's going to fall off. Well, if the foliage looks, looks good, good, Fred, I think you're probably doing okay. Um, and it wouldn't be hard, you know, to answer your question. And so it's probably just a little sunburn on the wood. It hasn't been attacked. So in that case, just a little bit of something to correct it and, you know, keep it from getting more sunburn would be great. 
So you're saying the product's name is Bear? Well, no, I don't think you need it. If, if you look into the side where it looks sunburning, you don't see any holes. And they'll be like a 16th of an inch to a 32nd. There's real small little holes where the beetles would have bored into it. If you don't see those or, or bark that's flaking off the side, um, chances are your tree's healthy enough and you, did, you know, took good enough care of it to go through the summer. And it'll probably be okay all on its own. But if you wanted to protect the yeah. trunk, you could. Yeah, the bark is kind of flaking off it. You know, the, if there's spots somewhere it's bare, there's no bark on well, it at all. Flake, flake the bark off that's coming off and see if you see any okay. holes in it, like you took a drill and drilled little okay. holes in it. Okay. If you do see okay. holes, then you want to treat it for the insects, okay? If you don't see the holes, there's no reason to. Then I would get some of that tar-type tree heel, you know, the black kind of stuff, and just with a spatula, put it over and cover up where the bark's missing so the wood's not going to dry any further. And it should basically come back and cover and protect itself over the next year or two. And you sell that product at one of your stores? Absolutely, yeah. It's just like a tar. It's called Tree Heel, and you just put it right on the trunk. Okay. One more question. I'll let you go. Uh, you're talking about uh, geraniums and petunias. I, I was at Home Depot yesterday, and there just uh, there was a crowd of people buying flowers. Uh, we've had geraniums every year in our pots, and they only last us so many months. Um, do you think it's a little early for geraniums? Absolutely. Yeah, we won't have geraniums in stock until the first of October. You know, the, 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 until the first, till the first of what? October. Just a couple weeks. October, yeah. Which yeah, is, just a couple yeah. weeks away. Not, not week very far away. Yeah. Well, probably, you know, by the 10th or so, we'll have a lot more. But we gear our geraniums that for that time of year. If you plant geraniums right now, they're coming out of a greenhouse. And all the buds you have on them are going to fail, you know, pretty quick with the heat. And, uh, and then they'll regenerate. But you're going to be a couple weeks ahead by planting them later. So you're, you're saying the first week, second week in October is a good mm -hmm. And good especially time. if this weather continues progressing as nicely as it has. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're due for some good weather, right? Well, we, we're, we're experiencing some <laughs> right now for this time of year, Fred. I'll tell you what, it's yeah. it's been hot, but, you know, it, but it was so funny how it got pinched in the middle. You know, June was the coolest I can remember. And I don't know if it set a record you know, I, for how I cool always, it was. I always tell people that the weatherman doesn't tell us how hot it is. We know how hot it is. <laughs> Same with it. <laughs> Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank Have you, a great Fred. day. You too. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, Elaine in Peoria. Good morning, Elaine. Happy Sunday, Brian. To you, my dear, as well. I I almost called and used a different name because I'm such a dumb-dumb. I talked to you yesterday and Ken was telling you I'm using the mushroom soil mm -hmm. or the mushroom um, compost. compost. Okay. And you told me to use fish emulsion mm -hmm. and something else. And I was driving and I said it 17 times. I still remember. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to be organic, fish emulsion is really good. Um, you know, if you have the chicken manure, we're still trying to work out what's going to happen with the Hickman's chicken manure process to have things available. And um, so but that will happen. But uh, blood meal and bone meal is a really nice combination, too. To plant blood flowers. meal. Blood meal is good for nitrogen, and bone meal is really good for phosphorus. So, and that's so should I use available. them both? You could use them both. Yeah, and they're, they're doing different things. Blood meal and bone meal. Mm -hmm. And or fish emulsions, good. Those are all really good organic fertilizers. Uh, does fish emulsion come in, in uh, not just a liquid form, but the? No, it's the, always liquid. Okay. They all grind, right. They grind up those little fishies with a bassmaster, and then they make them into liquid. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. Blood meal and... Bone meal? Bone meal and blood meal. Uh -huh. and then I'm going to go so I can go write them down. All right, Elaine. <laughs> you have a nice weekend. Happy Sunday. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Frank and Tempe. Good morning, Frank. 
Hello, Frank. Frank, if you're listening on the radio, you're going to have to listen on the phone. I'm going to put you back on hold. Ed and Tempe, good morning. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Well, as you as you know, I'm a uh, drama queen when it comes to the uh, loss of uh, a lot of the uh, saguaro uh, pieces in the valley. But um, it, this is an observation. Even uh, because of the summer, I mean, I was I, I even lost Vinca. That were pots, you know, you uh, you see some stress, and then you start watering. And the next thing I know, I was making indigenous soup, and they passed. And so you go overboard in water. But what I'm looking at, uh, even oleander bushes that are just dropping leaves like they've been on a house fire, they're coming back, are they not? Around the valley? Oh, the, we haven't seen really a loss of oleanders, but you know, but Saguaro's uh, complete collapse. You know, and that's happened quite a bit. And uh, even African sumac trees, we're noticing a lot of damage to African sumacs, which is one we've never seen have a problem before. But, you know, what happens with plants, they're like us, they get tired, you know. And so when they yeah. went when they went through July and the temperature stayed up close to 100 at night and 115 in the day, they just couldn't rest. You know, we all need a little sleep once in a while. And uh, what's really wonderful is the weather we have right now. You know, a climate of 75 and 100 is probably the most yeah. ideal climate we have for growing weather all year. Well, you know, something else. Because of the last storms we had, I'm still getting storm damage. But uh, chili and mesquite, they're they're cracking open. Uh, so the inside is exposed. Uh, do you suggest just putting sulfur dust on that also or do you is there a, a topical you put on that like a tree tar well you can always use soil sulfur i mean that that's a pretty you know sulfur is a good thing to use but you know with mesquites usually they're going to heal anyway uh, i don't know why they'd be splitting i really haven't you know witnessed that and uh, i think you know with, with mesquite trees if you want to just fertilize them once and water them deep they're going to recover anything they lost this summer about the split of the of the uh, no, if they bark. got like a vertical crack in the bark, I, I'm not sure what would have caused it. It could be sunburn on one side where then it cracked and the bark's going to split and fall off. Um, this is based, yeah, this is based on the storm we had, the big storms we had. Oh, you mean just, just cracks in the tree, just stress cracks? Well, what I you know what I would do for that is I'd lighten up the branches above them, take the weight off so it doesn't continue, and if you want to keep okay. that wood from drying up, then go ahead and use the tree hole in there. That, that you know the okay. tree hill right in that little hole and kind of seal it up. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see, Greg and Tempe. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a large pine tree that's uh, very old, probably 50 years old. And this year in July, it turned brown. Most of it. There's only two places that are green that are growing on it. And what can I do to... Uh, decide what to do with it. Um, it's um, it's an old tree, um, probably fifty years old. Um, what could I do to help? Greg, it? how's it been watered historically? Uh, it's been watered uh, all the, this summer. It's been watered. Um, it's always been green. I mean, we never had a water. Yeah, but 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 how how did you water it this summer? Uh, I deep watered them. Okay. Well, what, what happened this summer was just like we were talking about with the saguaros is that they didn't get a rest. You know, we, we had summer temperatures that uh, were exceedingly hot, you know, for days on end and exceedingly hot in the evenings as well. 
So that was very stressful for the pine trees. What I would try is maybe a shot of Super Thrive, which you can buy Super Thrive pretty much anywhere. Probably a whole little like a, you know, as eight ounce bottle of it mixed in a, you know, five gallon bucket and spread around in four or five different locations and different buckets around the tree. And it wouldn't be hurt, be bad to give it a light dose of fertilizer right now and just see what's going to happen. It might throw some new buds out on the tips of the limbs. You might be kind of surprised that it throws some new buds. And if it's going to do that, it will do it either this fall, like in mid to late October, or it'll also do it next spring. But those things would be good for it. And uh, just to see if you can get it to pop back out. The trees that were around town that were in, you know, irrigated areas, like if you go to the golf course over off of between Cactus and uh, and around Tatum, where they have the golf course in there and the big pines in there that were all down the washes are very healthy. Uh, they were healthy because the temperature there is much cooler than other parts of the valley. The cold air settles down into that wash, you know, and it was probably 10 or 12 degrees, maybe 15 degrees cooler at night. But as the valley's developed into a heat island and we have a lack of trees in many locations, um, you know, it really has been harmful on trees. Uh, flood irrigated areas where you have large areas, like in parts of Tempe and Phoenix and Mesa, you know, the trees seem to fare much better. Areas where there's not as much flood irrigation fared much worse because the temperatures once again, we're 10 degrees different at night. And it's strict, strictly just weather-related, Greg. I've got to let you go because we got to go to the news, but thanks for the call. You want, you want to hold on? No, that's all right. All righty. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. Uh, we got Troy here in the newsroom, and we'll find out what's happening in the world. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Whenever I come to see you, I always find you outside With your hands in the ground Getting down with anything that grows And all I want to do is join you In that morning sunshine I want to know, want to know How you grow all your vegetables Cause we're gonna grow garden Well, I saved you some seeds from my pumpkins and peas, and I can foresee we'll get them growing like weeds. We could stay up real late and plant them by the moon. And we're gonna make everyone jealous when they see what we've got growing on the trellis. It'll be raining down in our very own food monsoon. Cause we're gonna grow a garden We're gonna grow a garden We're gonna grow a garden Darling Well, it's a great time of year to grow a garden I wonder if Shira, Shira, are you gonna grow a garden this year? Oh, she's gotta find the right button (laughs) We like to put Shira on there and catch her off guard well, I'll tell you what, Sherry, we'll come back to you. Figure out if you're going to grow a garden. You let us know. Just cut in whenever you're ready. Sue in Sun City, good morning. Good morning. I'm calling about citrus trees. I know they were really stressed out this year, and I had a branch that was, like, dead. So I I asked the landscaper, and he came out, and he said that um, the sap 
on the tree showed that it had fungus and it was dying, and he suggested cutting down the whole tree. Uh, It's been such a beautiful, productive tree. Every year I would pick the fruit and take it over to the food bank. Well, Sue, I'll tell you what, there's no reason to give up on the tree because it has a little fungus, okay? Fungus is very common here, and especially in Sun City where we have very heavy clay soil and, you know, it can stay wet. So what you, what we typically would do for fungus, and it's been done with, with citrus trees there for long. Well, as long as I've been, I, you know, I started planting citrus trees in Sun City in the 70s when I used to go after school and dig holes and plant citrus trees out there. So anyway, I've planted a lot personally. That's some hard digging too, by the way. But, yes. but, but aside from that, what you want to do with it is pruning off the branch that's infected is fine. You want to treat it with copper sulfate. And you can mix copper sulfate and Monterey disease control to apply them both probably, especially if it's a special tree. And then I would fertilize it regularly instead of like on a three-time-a-year process. Yeah, I have been. I would go ahead and feed it extra again once right now. And with this weather, it couldn't be any better weather anywhere on the planet than it is right now for growing citrus here in Arizona. Uh So if you'll seal the cut and if the wood's exposed to the sun, paint the wood so it's protected from the sun. You can Uh use the white paint or you can use brown paint that looks like more of a natural citrus uh, color. And you should have new buds and growth come out right away. Now, in Sun City, you don't want to give it a whole lot of extra water. So, you know, I don't know how how you're watering with a bubbler or... Yeah. Okay. Three three times a week. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> so oh. yes, that's bad. That's not a good thing. So what we want to do in Sun City because we have heavy clay and it doesn't perk very well below. Realistically, watering it the most frequent you want to water it right now is once a week. Okay, and you want to let it get dry because fungus is like getting athlete's feet. You know, when things stay too wet, the fungus grow better. You need oxygen to help things. Why we use this Monterey disease control is because it's bacteria that eats fungus. Okay, you can spray it on the leaves and the and the soil. If you have lesions that are still bleeding sap, you can break off the bark and you can brush some of that Bordeaux made this to a paste on where the lesions are right into the wood. And that'll stop some of that right there in the wood. But, um, yeah, you're watering far too often. So okay. Another thing he, he suggested, mm-hmm. getting boiling water and putting it on the sap. I don't know what he's been smoking, but it's not. Well, I guess, I guess it's all legal now. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, never heard that. Well, I, I, I haven't either. But you know what? I've only been doing this show for the last 32, 33 years. So, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's good to learn and hear new things and new, you know, and, and it's not that anything's ever wrong or anything. You know, we, what we do is we like to learn. We like to share knowledge and experiences, and that's how we all learn. And it doesn't matter if we're talking with a person with a PhD or somebody who happens to be growing vegetables in their home and has more experience than the fellow with a PhD. So there's a lot, there's a lot of ways to learn things, and there's lots of different th- theories, and we do things differently. I have never heard of the board boiling water. And I, I don't yeah. see any reason why that would work, but no. what, what we have to do is we have to arrest the fungus. Okay. It's probably caused by phytophthora, which is a common soil disease here. It's basically a fungus that lives in our soil and it lives in our soil and oftentimes really replicates because it's staying too wet. So watering weekly is the most often you want to water, no more than that. What this fungus does do is it kills some of the roots, so the tree's ability to take up water is diminished, okay? But we have to get the tree healthy so it can take up water again. Now, trees can grow roots very quickly this time of year if they're happy. And they're going to grow most of the roots, especially in Sun City. None of the roots would be much deeper than a foot to two foot at the most. So it's that surface area. So we have to let it get dry between watering. So water once a week. 
Treat it with some Bordeaux, maybe a little Monterey disease control. Give it a light dose of fertilizer because it's not doesn't have the capability to pick up fertilizer like it normally would. And you can do that now, and you can do it even again in a month. And I think your tree will start to pop and generate new growth within a week or two, and that new growth will cover up and it'll protect itself. Okay. Now, the tree is probably about 33 years old. Mm -hmm. That's a young tree for a citrus. Good, 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 good. Okay, so copper sulfate is what you said? Copper sulfate and Monterey disease control. Disease control, and I'll tell you a little thing that's kind of cool is you know basically this whole record this, uh, this whole conversation we're doing is recorded, so after the show, Ashira posts it. Okay, you can just Google the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and you can come right up with the one that's on KTR. We actually have two of them, but just go to the KTR, and by noon you could you could hear your conversation as many times as you like. Wonderful. I, I was hoping to record it, but I don't know how on the radio. Well, but we already so. did. Shira's got that done for you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sue. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we've got Jim and Glendale. And after Jim, Richard, then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Jim. Hey, how you doing? This should be an easy one. I think I know the answer already. I got a ficus tree, five, six years old. It's doing really good. But one of the roots is starting to break the wall. Mm-hmm. On the west side of the house, okay, and it's heading for the neighbor's pool. <laughs> if I dig out and cut that root, is the tree going to die? No, it won't hurt it at all. But you know, it's probably never not heading for the neighbor's pool unless the pool's got a crack in it. It's probably heading for the neighbor's irrigation system where they're watering. Well, I don't want it to break the wall, you know. No. So absolutely, cut it off now. The very best time. To, how does your tree look now for health, Jim? With with the summer weather we've had. Uh, it got real bare, mm-hmm. but it's growing back really good. What I would do is I would kind of leave that root until spring, and I would chop it off there in February. Okay. Is there anything I can do to the root so it dies? Have a good talk with the it. The part I cut away? You know, I would talk to that root when you're cutting. It's like training a dog, you know? I would say, tree, okay. you know, you really shouldn't be growing a root over here. What you could possibly do, uh, Jim, is you could put some kind of a barrier between the, where the roots severed off and your neighbor's property. Uh, it could be plastic or metal, or but plastic would be the best. It'll last the longest. Um, you know, but they basically must have water up against the wall or somewhere in their side that's coming to your property. And that's why that that tree yeah. went that way to begin with. So you, you might have them listen to this guy on Sunday mornings in the Whitfield Nursery Garden. Show, and if they water less often, they're probably watering all the time over there. But if they change yep. their watering to weekly and water correctly, it won't tend to attack their pool, which is really not attacking their pool; it's just attacking their irrigation system. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Jim. I will cut it off in the springtime. Thank all you. Right. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Richard in Phoenix. After Richard, though, it's wide open. We've got about 10 minutes this hour and about another hour left after that. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. Give her a call. 602-277-5827. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, good morning, Brian. Um, I've got a question for you. My daughter is building a couple of these raised beds. Mm-hmm. Is there any, And she's got to prep the soil and stuff. Is there any advantage to putting a 
a bag of a hundred red wigglers in there, or any of the a bag of the worm uh, poop in there with them. Worm the cast soil? worm castings are really beneficial for the soil. Worms in themselves are really beneficial for the soil, and they're certainly not going to you know they're going to have to have some food in there. Depends on you know it's how you build up the soil, but you know they're a very big part of our biology, and uh, they're they're wonderful to have in the soil. So no reason not to have them. You're going to have to have soil rich enough and something for them to feed on, but they're a huge, okay. especially red wigglers. I mean, that's the one that, you know, thrives in our desert heat. So that's a great worm. And okay. if you want to introduce some of those, it's a great idea. All right. Now, in terms of if we're going to plant grapes, mm-hmm. what's a, uh, you know, what's a good one to plant? Well, the most popular are Thompson Seedless and Flames. Uh, there's a lot of other varieties that will grow here, but those are two that have been grown here for the last 50 plus years that are very successful and people have a really good time with them. There's rubies and perlets and another half a dozen other varieties as well. But for consistency and something you know that's going to perform well, those two are very reliable. Okay, now how much sun or shade do you need for those? Well, grapes commercially are grown in full sun, and they'll grow pretty much anywhere, but what they don't like is reflected heat, so not on the west side of a wall, unless you get them established large enough so they can shade the wall before it gets hot, or maybe shade them the first summer, and then they will shade the wall and actually cool the wall and protect themselves, and they need some pretty good direct sun, so they're not going to grow on the north side of a building very well. Ideally, the easiest place is just right out in the open or on the south side. Okay. All right. Do you do any classes on these? Um, we're do, hey, we're, we're doing one right now. You know, you can ask all the questions at the class that you like. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. I enjoy your show. I've called you before because you helped me with a problem with snails over in San Diego. So anyway, thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Joe and Mesa. But first, we have to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have four lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Why are there so many Songs about rainbows And what's on the other side Rainbows are visions But only illusions And rainbows have nothing to hide So we've been told And some choose to believe it I know they're wrong, wait and see Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers and me Welcome back folks, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields You know, Whitfields, we grow trees all kinds, all sizes. And if you, you want to plant trees, there's no better time than right now. At Whitfields, we'll do the digging. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. This all started with my grandparents back in the 40s, about when Willie Nelson was a teenager, you know. And <laughs> Anyway, he's done a great job with music. And we have a lot of fun growing trees. So if you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. A couple of things I want to mention that are especially nice. We have 15-gallon citrus trees right now. And... Um, 
the most remarkable. Of course, my favorite we grow commercially are lemons, but we've got lemon trees, you know, seven to eight foot tall for $200. You can take them home in your trunk and go plant them yourself. And the nice part about, you know, buying a citrus tree at Whitfield's is our fruit trees have fruit already and they're grown here in the desert and you could take them home and you can harvest lemons this year. Whatever your dreams, your passions, whether it's desert trees or palms, citrus, or maybe some great shade trees like ash, pistachios, or elms, come out and see us. All sizes, 15 gallons to 72-inch box. You can put in trees that are 20 years old or put in trees you can grow for the next 50 years. Whatever your dreams, uh, whatever your passions for vegetables, flowers, color, it's all coming in right now, folks. It's been kind of a fast hit and fall, and the weather looks great, and it's a good time to plant. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. Also, my parent, my grandparents' citrus orchard when Glendale was a dirt road. We're at uh, Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we've got Joe and Mesa. After Joe, it's wide open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Brian. Always good to talk to you. Just got a question about uh, annuals. Um, I usually put geraniums in uh, during the cooler weather. Usually do pretty well out here. Uh, they're just not available yet. I guess at uh, your nursery, it's, uh, it's a little hot for them. What would you recommend? Uh, is Vinca is that still available, and does that grow well during the uh, hotter weather? Well, it grows well in the hotter weather, but the problem if you plant Vinca this time of year, it's only going to bloom through October. Then it's going to be pretty dormant and not do much, you know, until next summer. I see. So I mean, there's I just see. different courses of, of, of annuals, and then they're geared for you know certain weather. And um, sure. you know, and this year's probably seven or eight degrees cooler than it was last year at the same time you know so we're okay. you know we kind of gear everything to be ready whenever the climate's ready and uh the problem with geraniums is a good example if you plant geraniums if we bring them in right now with all the buds on them from the farm up in the mountains you're going to lose all the blooms because of the right. heat because right. they're going to go from where it's you know basically in the 50s at night to where it's 75 or 80 at night and so that difference in temperature change will knock all the blooms off and the plants won't die but it'll take you three or four weeks longer for them to be pretty than if you plant them a week or two from now. So you think you're kind of waiting now for drainage? Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, I was at the nursery yesterday in Glendale Avenue. We have lots of customers because we sell a tremendous amount of geraniums, wanting geraniums already. But, you know, we just don't want to bring them in and burn them up and uh, have you have sure. a problem at home. So sure. while it feels sure. nice and it's certainly a, a big reprieve over how hot we were, you know, it's really not time to plant geraniums yet. Okay. All right. So I'll just be patient. Leave the pots empty and wait till geraniums if there's nothing else in the meantime to put. Well, in. the problem is, uh, if you, there, there, you know, there's things you can plant now, Joe. But if you're if you're looking for something that you're going to plant that's going to be beautiful from now, you know, all the way through next year in June, you know, that's geraniums. You know, there yeah, are other, there are other things that are faster, or different things. But if you're a geranium person, you're not going to be satisfied with anything else. And uh, you know, it's like the old thing with the um, black light, you know, poster that used to have the two buzzards sitting on my trees. Patience, my tail, I'm going to kill something. You know, it's like, it, it does, it, it's it's hard to be patient. When the weather's just nice, I understand. Right, right. Yeah, I'll just wait probably what by mid October or so. Oh no, no, I, no, and a week to two weeks. Not, not, not mid October. Oh. I would say I, I would oh. wait till the first. The you know this the, like so today's the twenty fourth, like the seventh of October. 
Oh, okay, great, great. All righty. And then my second question is, uh, last year, around Halloween time, so about a year or so, um, I picked up uh, two uh, blood oranges uh, from your uh, Gilbert store on the space site, I think it is. And one of them did really well, kind of got through this horrible summer well. The other one I kind of lost about half the tree. Um, they're the... Um, I don't know, I guess the 30-gallon size, I think, uh, they're about $300, $350 or so, the 30-gallon size. Yeah, talk, talk to Jennifer uh, and those guys out there that work with you, but, um, you know, it'll probably come back out. I don't know how you're feeding, but right now is a good time to feed. Uh, you should feed them right now, if you, okay. even if you fed them last month, and feed them once a month, okay? And make sure, you know, Joe, if you're in heavier soil in Mesa, watering once a week now will be plenty. You don't want to water more than that. But at once a week, okay. you want to get the water down deep. And this is a time of year when citrus will grow their fastest because of the weather. You know, they really love 100 you know, 180 is perfect for citrus. And so so it's the okay. perfect time for them to grow. How many gallons? Uh, you know, I, I usually do water once uh, a week. You know, I try to let it dry out. But as you said, the soil is very uh, clay-like. It really right. holds a lot of And, and so you might even have to water less often than once a week because it might be staying too wet. But normally when you water, you want to try to push the salts down. So probably about between about 25 to 40 gallons of water. 25 to 40. Okay, all right. That's basically what I've been doing. Um, all right. Go ahead and uh, give it a whirl, and uh, we'll see how we do. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Uh, Manuel in Phoenix. Good morning, Manuel. Uh, good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm a little bit congested, so you may not hear me well. I have uh, a bunch of uh, ironwood trees that I uh, was able to germinate this summer. I have them in uh, one-gallon uh, buckets, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I wonder if I uh, watered them too much because some uh, at least a couple we have died. Uh, how long should I go without watering them? No, I mean we we water our ironwood trees that we're growing like the young ones. You know we yeah. have we have them in a light pot. We have them in a light potting soil. Okay, do you have yours in dirt or what kind of soil then, Manuel? Uh, I mix uh, some uh, regular dirt with uh, cow manure. Okay. And, uh, and a little bit of potting soil too, some, or maybe just uh, to the first two cow manure and, uh, and uh, soil. And it mm-hmm. seems like it might be a little too strong because of soil, uh, it holds up water pretty well. Well, and the, the, problem, uh, the problem cow manure can be pretty salty too. Is it cow manure you got for around your own cattle or is it cow manure you got in the bag? Or? Got it from Home Depot. Is okay. the, uh yeah, just composted uh, yeah. cow manure. So anyway, right. you know, that's going to be pretty hot. But if you got that just mixed with soil, um, it's going to hold a lot of water. You know, it's not going to perk very well. When we're growing young trees, we, you know, from seed, we grow them in a very light, porous soil so that they root deep fast. But um, at any rate, with a soil like that, I'd say watering them once a week would be plenty. And oh, um, oh. <laughs> Yeah, because I water almost, almost every day. I'm, I'm really uh, afraid that they're going to dry, you know. But uh, they're, they're not so going to get with, with that. If you have a mixture of regular soil and, and cow manure, it's going to hold a lot of water because cow yeah, manure is. is pretty dense. So, you know, if you pick up the pot and it's heavy, then, then don't water it. You know, it's got to okay. have to get dry in between. And you can really dry them out, but you want them to get them to, co- you know, recover quickly because their growing season's over in about three weeks. Oh, okay. So, they don't really grow much in the I winter. Yeah, I know you say stick a, uh, you know, like uh, check it. So uh, about once a week, you say, huh? Yeah, it's plenty often in that heavy soil mix you have. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm really worried that I may, like I say, let it dry. I, I was gone for about three days, and I had a one that I've had in a other container for many years. I came back, and the leaves were all dead. Uh, I stuck it in a bucket of water and left it there for three days or four days, and that was beautiful. Everything came back. Uh, well, it, it, it depends, Manuel. It depends totally on how fast your soil drains that you have them in. You know. Okay. Because we, we, you know, yeah, we, so I have to make sure it gets dry, right? Well, make sure that we yeah, have the water runs through the soil. It drains out of the pot. should get pretty dry in between waterings and a light soil. You know, that can be where you water them every day and a heavy soil. I can straight dirt once a week. So somewhere in between there, depending on the soil you mixed up. Okay. Okay. So it will be okay to just let it dry. Like I've been, I've been watering almost every day because I'm afraid of that. Yeah. Too wet's so not too wet. Too wet's no better than too dry. Neither one's ideal. <laughs> Manuel, thanks okay. Thanks for the call. we got to go to the news, but appreciate your call. Uh, Manuel Levine and Peter will be back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can call at 602-277-5827.